0: Uh, let's talk compost with our resident experts, uh, Kath Irvine of The Edible Backyard. Morena, Kath, how are you?
1: Good morning, Susie. I'm very well, thank you. Oh, fantastic. And I'm, I'm, I'm super happy to be talking compost because it's the heart and soul of the food gardening, of the food garden. And homemade compost really is the ultimate. And you can, the, the, the powerful thing about homemade compost that's very different from bought compost Hmm. or the myriad of brought fertilizers you can buy is that it's full of life and that's super important that's the key to less disease a lot less pests and steady abundant cropping which is what we're all
0: after right it's what everyone's after dream
1: it's our dream garden right there absolutely how do you all solved with oh sorry go on all solved with that simple, simple, humble thing that is homemade compost. And I think when I say to people, compost is all the food your veggie garden needs, they, they don't believe me because they're so used to this kind of supermarket array of fertilisers every, everywhere, you know. Surely we need more than that. Mm.
0: But
1: no, we don't.
0: Before we actually get on to how to make your own compost, why is it that the bought stuff isn't as good and what to look out for Um I guess, you know, how do you know that or how, how would you know if it wasn't that great?
1: Well, the the, the simplest and the best way is uh, smell. If it smells bad, it is bad. You know, have you ever walked past a stack of compost bags and got on a, a bit of a, a yucky whiff, well that's a that's a I, I, I'm just loving the visual of everyone going to the garden center and leaning over and taking a sniff of the <laughs> compost bags but that really is honest to goodness that's a very good judgment i mean really compost compost ideally should never be bagged in my dream world Bagged compost would all have a date on it um, and even with a couple of little holes in the bag it's a it's a it's a living thing and it's being sort of suffocated and then if you stash it in the sunshine outside like lots and lots of bought compost bags are um, it's even it's even worse it's just putrefying there and quite frankly becoming um, dangerous so um, the other thing about bought compost is um, if you can imagine if you've ever made compost at home and you've watched that great big pile shrunk down to nothing can you imagine the amount of waste that is required to make all those bags and bags of compost. And youth, if you um, think about the main kind of waste streams in our world at the moment, they're they're not the greatest, which is a great sadness to me, really. But they're full of herbicides and fungicides and all those asides are knocking off the life in your garden. And Mm. so that's another, that's a thing to watch out for. I mean, sure, you can look for organic, um, if I was choosing bought compost because I didn't have enough of my own, I'd choose something that's organic and I'd choose something that didn't smell rank and I'd choose something that was being stored in the shade. Um, that's probably the best. And then I would take it home and I'd actually empty it straight away onto some good garden soil to try and get some life in it so you mm. can work around it. Mm. But, um yeah, yeah, and and quite often um, the bought compost can have quite dire effects in, in in the garden. People think they've done something wrong, but actually, if you just pedal pedal back if things aren't growing well and think, well, what did I use? What did I put on? So yeah, just just um, just to be warned. But um, I'm hoping with some super smart strategies to encourage people to be able to make enough of their own homemade compost to make it easy which has been my mm. um, interest over the last sort of 20 years is how can we how can we set, uh, set ourselves up so as that homemade compost is doable for the normal busy person with kids and work and all that kind of carry mm. on going on and so the first thing really mm. is um, with the way that you set up your garden because you can make Um, You can set up a garden that actually needs a lot less fertilizing. You can make it fertile just with design. And simple things like cozying up um, and positioning all your fertile things, all your fertile places together. So your citrus trees, your veggie garden, your greenhouse. If you have chickens, having those close by. um, And your compost bins, all in the same space. Okay. that's very simple the The fertility spreads from each area and greatly reduces your compost needs another um, really simple strategy is to surround your veggie garden with uh, perennial companions and this is where we tap into the benefit of that incredible life force below ground that is actually the, providing the true nutrition for our veggies it's not the stuff we necessarily put on on top that's keeping that life going and nurtured Mm. and fed and it lives in the rhizosphere which is the area around the roots of plants so having perennials through your veggie garden if it's a big garden or around the outside is providing these hubs of life force for which can which plug in and spread out into your veggie garden so that's another really um another really simple strategy to, to make your garden eminently more fertile. Mm-hmm. And another, another thing I just want to highlight too is really stick to crops that suit your soil and climate because they need a lot less feeding and a lot less fussing over. So there's another easy way to reduce the amount of um, fertility you need, I mean, we probably could spend the whole time talking about <laughs> design, and I see that time is marching on
0: time um, is marching we should on
1: really get to we should get to actually making the compost, but just before we do, mm. I also encourage people to another thing that 's going to make it really easy to make your compost is actually to have a really cool setup and I favor a I favor a really simple um, bin made with pallets, I think that 's really cheap and easy. You can make that in two seconds flat. I just like to drive in some waratahs, you know, the metal mm. star pickets, and slide the pallets over the top. Two seconds, there's your bin. Um, just with an open side in the front, you don't need a fancy slotting thing. It just gets awkward to lift it all off and put it all back on again. Um and the pallets are brilliant because they bring the air,
0: mm. and air
1: is a key equation in having really good compost. It's so important, and it's the reason I'm not a fan of those black plastic bins. Mm. Not enough air.
0: Not getting enough air. And in. huh?
1: Yeah, that's that's exactly right. So, um, and I think if you for 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 most places, if you have three or four of those um, pallets side by side in the edge of your veggie garden so the garden can also be benefiting from that fertile that runoff from your compost bin um but that will be enough and that will that will really do you Mm. um so what are some of the key
0: kind of components of compost if you're um if you're looking to get started
1: well the the sort of i I call it kind of compost um compost maths like um Air, which we've which we've alluded to already, and um, m- m- people are used to the idea that you turn your compost to get the air in. Um, so over the years, I've evolved to no turning because I'm really wanting t- this to fit into a busy person's life, um, and it takes longer. But actually, if you sit, if you have lots of air coming from your compost bay itself, and if you're using a lot of coarse sort of dry matter in your compost itself that also brings the that also brings the air and that coarse dry stuff is the thing that is missing from nearly every compost heap I visit or I um, consult with people over it's that coarse stuff so that's really important for the air and then we need to have a variety a good variety of food in there so you just think about your own diet that you eat yourself it's the same with your compost heap you want to get as broad a variety as possible and really the best thing to make the bulk of your compost with is your good old garden waste it's a good balance of um, green green bits and stalky bits and nice chunky hollow stalks like your borages coarse stuff fine stuff so we want to really mix up our brown stuff and our green stuff together. Mm. Um, and if you get if you get to, if you have too much of the green stuff, you just end up um squashing, there's no air in there, and you just end up with a putrefying, um, stinky, sludgy mm. mess at the end, which is a little disheartening. Um and you and you do need and you and you just need to be kept barely moist. So it's another thing. That is, um, it's good to have your compost bins right by the hose, so that when you're watering the garden, you also just lift the cover on your compost pile and give that a little water
0: hmm. too,
1: as need be. And of course, watering the pile while you make it too, or make it on a rainy day, which is the thing that <laughs> I quite like to. That I quite like to do. Quite a lot so of questions start, actually come. Oh, on you go. Yeah,
0: we've got lots of questions coming to, in, uh, but you, uh, you maybe are going to answer do. them. Yeah. We'll
1: sh- <laughs> Well, can we yeah, could we go through just making making absolutely a first and then yeah, so I like to start off with a base of um thin, thin twigs. And actually thin twigs, I, I always have a little collection of them by my compost bin just to make this really this really easy. And thin twigs like you know, a diameter of one centimeter at the max or less. Um, a mix of fresh and dry is, is really great but e- either or whatever you've got is all good um, and just lay lay a nice layer because because once again we've got that airflow coming from the bottom but also the great thing about them is they is they inoculate the compost heap with the beneficial fungi that digest the lignin which is all the tough fibers so um that they make a huge that makes a huge difference for the overall and overall and even breakdown. Um, so you start off with that, and then go round. The way I like to make compost is to have a big old garden cleanup and just go. Just don't worry about cleaning up your garden until compost making day, and go round and um, any spent crops or anything blocking the pathway or Mm -hmm. crops that are falling over top of other crops, all that kind of stuff. Do a bit of deadheading and just walk around with a wheelbarrow and chop everything into it as you go round. The smaller you chop it, the better, the um, the better the breakdown, but also, you know, just be be pragmatic with what works. Mm. And then take that back to your compost bay and tip it out in front of your compost bay and kind of assess it at that moment M- mix it all together and kind of assess it maybe you think oh actually it needs some more dry stuff there's not enough there's not enough of a not as too much um too much fine green stuff and this is where I hope to also encourage you as part of your gardening practice to regularly become an organic matter collector of dry stuff it's the hardest stuff usually to find in a Home garden, and I'd always recommend having a pile of a couple of different types of, might be might be leaves, it might be hay rotting down, or whatever you're foraging from um, around your neighbourhood that's herbicide free, hmm. um, piled up there, so you can just sprinkle some extra stuff on top of that um, garden waste that you've um, spread out on the ground, and then mix it all together. Um, be sure to also get in there some something. Mineral rich, and that's really easy because a lot of those perennial herbs that you're growing around the outside of your veggie garden will do that. Will do that job. Gather some of those up, toss it all together, lightly spray it with the hose, and then stack it up in your bin. And the stacking does make a good difference. So you want to push it out to the outside of the bin for a nice flat surface um, with each level as you as you as you layer it up. Hmm. and now you might it might take you in an ideal world you make a compost heap all in one go um, but that that may not happen just uh, just try and try and finish it within a few weeks you know maybe maybe over a couple of Saturdays you get out there and have another have another bash at it um, and keep it covered that's that's the that's the other thing that's really um, That's really crucial. Hmm. You can um, you can also you can also um, if you want to get a bit keen, um, pour on some some of liquid feed that you've got there as well, just to give it an extra an extra boost. Actually, really, what we carry
0: on a bit of a question about this because some people are saying, what about adding things to your bin uh, exactly like that? I suppose like seaweed and that sort of thing. What what sorts of Mm -hmm. things are particularly beneficial?
1: Seaweed is awesome mm. it's absolutely fantastic lovely mineral rich seaweed that can go in as your as that mineral component for sure um on the whole stick to i just just stick to ordinary humble organic matter that's really you just can't do any better than that mm. we really don't need anything more complicated but your yeah, seaweed is seaweed is fantastic um fish waste is another really good Mineral rich. I like that uh, uh, ingredient. I like. To, I prefer to keep food scraps out of the bin um, because I think they are a much greater value being put either through a worm farm or through bokashi bins. Um, and also, they're very. They're they're in that more fresh nitrogen um, department, and it gets quite hard to make really good balanced compost. You have to be adding a lot of carbon to to sort of balance them out and of course there's also rats and Mm. um, stuff that will be attracted so So I prefer to keep them out.
0: So is this the sort of when you say food scraps is that every kind of you know vegetable peelings and all that kind of thing that sort of stuff you say is not so much for the composting but that should be going through the worm farm instead?
1: Yes it it is my preference on the whole. so Mm. Um, to keep the food scraps out That's it's not a it's not a golden rule and particularly at this time of year you might be doing a lot of preserving and say you've got mm. you've just made zucchini pickle and got an absolute heap of um, waste from that mix that through all your all your stuff for sure but it's more that you know food scraps they're, they're wet and they're dense and heavy and it's like this making compost is a very sensory sensory thing it's a it's a it's a feel that you um, get for it and the end product you want it to be quite airy. You mm. just feel like, Oh yeah, that's got some nice moisture, but there's some nice air and it's not an academic thing. I think that's where I think that's the that's the tricky bit, isn't it? It's not like a definite rule. But I feel that I've I feel that I've spent a long time working on my compost information because <laughs> <laughs> I really want to get it clear and easy. Um easy for people. So if you do want something a bit clearer, just hop to that um, Easy Peasy Compost post on my mm. um, website and that'll help you.
0: Absolutely. Um, um, lots more questions coming in. This one from Anne, and quite a few people have asked both of these um, questions, actually, that she has. She says, what about paper, shredded newspaper or printed A4? Yeah, for sure. Is that okay in compost?
1: I, I, just, I basically think that all anything that can be composted to compost waste is the ultimate because then it's sort of bioremediated by this massive life force that comes into the compost pile. What a brilliant ending. I mean, it's the way that I'd like to go myself, I have to say, but I think paper, you know, we get a bit too worried about the, the inks and all that sort of thing, but mm. the, the, the power of the life force to bioremediate all that stuff is absolutely massive and it's got to go somewhere, right? Mm. Because there's, there's no pl- such places away, so so you may as well um, you may as well compost it. I mean, I I compost my old clothes once they've segwayed from being good clothes to gardening clothes. They become compost.
0: How do you do that? Um, do you guess, just do you cut them up?
1: Yeah, just to cut them up. But some sometimes I use them as the cover over the as part of the cover over the bin, and I get left with a zip.
0: Or, <laughs> or yeah, yeah. a bit of a
1: waistband, you know. So, um, it's, it's, um, it's yeah, compost everything.
0: Compost it's everything. So fun. So yeah, things it's like, so um, much fun. you mentioned fish, but what about meat?
1: Yeah, well, what about cooked just, food? It's just, it's just organic matter, isn't it? You know, at the at the end of the end of the day, I mean, bakashi is the, the thing about bakashi buckets, um, and. Is, is that they deal with all those things really easily and turn it into a literally a, a pickle, which then you incorporate either into your compost or direct into your garden soil, and it, it, it just disappears because it's pre-fermented. Um, so that's a that's much more efficient to do to do food that way.
0: Very quickly, really um, we can put yeah. coffee grounds in. What about tea bags?
1: Yeah, one, once again, I think if you if you're choosing to buy stuff, <laughs> but harsh isn't it? If you're choosing to buy that stuff, you're going you, they have to go somewhere, Susie. Mm. And I really don't think there's anything better than a compost heap for all that stuff.
0: Mm. Of
1: course, not not buying it obviously in the first place is, is good. Fantastic. Get a teapot.
0: Get a teapot. <laughs> And then you can just put the tea in, or the, you know, the, exactly. the tea into it. Oh, look, no thank days. you, Kath. It's always great to talk to you. And certainly you can get it's more cool. information on compost and all manner of other things to do with your garden at the ediblebackyard.co.nz.